Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Good afternoon. You're listening to Talk on the Street with Laura Marie. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about this food shortage. We are clearly having a global food shortage. And we haven't even seen how bad it's going to get. And in my opinion, I think they're going to keep the shelves stocked around America as much as possible until the election. It's just the Democrat manipulation MO to not look as bad around the country as it really, really is. And on the verge of how bad it's really going to get. So I haven't decided, in my opinion, both houses go red. Are they really going to be able to stop the globalists from creating this food shortage? And let's say they both go blue. We might as well kiss our country goodbye on all kinds of levels. But I believe the food shortage will become rapid so fast. We won't have any food anywhere. Just like Venezuela, China, look what's going on in Ukraine. That's just a sample of what is to come for us if both houses go blue. They've got to go red. However, the globalists are so far ahead of the game, it's going to be tough to reverse what they've done. Look what Putin just did in Ukraine. They just bombed the wheat factories. They destroyed it, right? So there's the wheat that's out. We get fertilizer for the world to grow crops. I think the number one place they said was Russia. We do have our fertilizer companies here in America, but not enough to go around for the whole world or even, you know, I believe our country. Then you have TikTok over the summer. Last summer, many of the Midwest farmers were filming, making TikTok videos on the government was forcing them to destroy half of their crops and the government would pay them for their losses, right? Well, one farmer a true patriot, fed up American. He went on TikTok. He taped a video of himself with his crops in the background stating that he wasn't going to comply. He was going to continue to grow his vegetables for the country, for the human consumption and take the hit from our government. (laughs) Not many people would do that, right? So I'm going to share the obvious to me and hopefully most of you already know. And of those who don't, you'll get on the same page. For 30 years, the government started to cut off water to our ranchers across America. Ranches that have been in their families for generations. And eventually, the ranchers, many of them, went out of business. 
So 150 of them that I know of went out of business and guess who bought most of them up? Bill Gates. Hmm. Globalist. That's why he owns most of the agriculture or ranching land in America, they say. Well, when it came to the Bundy Ranch, the ranchers were fed up with the fight with our own government, them trying to put everybody out of business. They were murdering their cows on the Bundy Ranch and most of their livestock, trying to seize their land by putting them out of business. So many other ranchers came with their horses and their American flags and stopped the feds in their cars approaching the Bundy Ranch. That's what that was all about. Do you guys remember that? Our corrupt government attacking and stealing our land? Americans? Our own government? It's pretty scary how corrupt they are. And it's been going on for what, 60, 70, 80 years? Remember, George Soros' life mission is to take down the United States of America without firing a shot. And it took a lot of planning right out of the Nazi playbook to get to America, the final destination of the free world to destroy for this one world order. And it's taken years to infiltrate our government to take our country down from within. And that should explain the woke mentality, how they infiltrated our school districts 13 years ago under Obama in 2009, and they don't believe in the Bill of Rights. They do not believe in our Constitution. They stopped teaching the children how to write and read in cursive how else can they read the Constitution? It's in cursive. But that's it. this government that we have now is exactly what our founding fathers warned us about and why it's so difficult to get rid of the Constitution. But this government, Pelosi, Schumer, in their Nazi soldier hats and uniforms, they are destroying our country. And what's fearful is this woke Judge Johnson. She is the first of many who will destroy our constitution. She's a liar. She is not honest. They will destroy our way of life and it will be one world order. And it's very clear that these world leaders have no remorse and can care less about human life. And we are watching that in full display in Ukraine. The innocent people, women and children, just slaughtered, murdered, just like nothing well, so many people sit back and just watch. However, there are many patriots from all different countries who are in there fighting the good fight with Zelensky and other Ukrainian soldiers. So that part is good. If there's anything good to report out of this whole nightmare for those people at all. I tell you what, if President Trump was in office, he would care. He might be rough around the edges. A couple mean tweets. Who cares? I mean, I even cringed a few times, but it wasn't about that. It was about his policies and him helping us, the American people, the free world. He was a presence on that world stage. This guy that is representing us now, if he isn't fumbling and mumbling his words, he's weak and everybody knows it. It's embarrassing. And speaking of tweet, the cringe Harris Another horrible thing this week fake president chose was a horrible vice president. But her tweets at a 17,800 and something, I don't remember the exact number, she has already deleted 10,000 tweets since she's been in office. 10,000 out of 17,000. I mean, come on, man. I don't even have to tell you what that means. It's self-explanatory. So we have this current administration attacking our coal 
which was first under Obama, and Trump brought back the coal industry to America. He brought back our steel workers, right? And this government lied with their propaganda, lies, disinformation news. Coal is bad for the environment. Well, China was over there building up their coal industry and their steel industry, correct? So Trump comes in and brings it all back, most of it, back to America and making us energy independent. First time in 70 years. Brought our gas prices down, brought our utility bills down, grocery bills. We were all going on vacation again. He basically lowered our overhead where we had more money in our pockets. And he got rid of that mandate for Obamacare. And I know some families in Arizona that were paying $1,400, $1,500 a month just to have the insurance they were forced to have, which is unconstitutional. But thanks to Judge Roberts, they made it legal. And remember Trump was helping the farmers and the ranchers? He was helping them financially and and cut back most of the regulations that were hindering the ranchers from making any money. And most of them were going out of business. He brought down the corporate tax from 28% to like what? 21, 22%, which is globally competitive, making it to where the big companies, corporations were able to come back to America again. We were always so high making all of these big companies move to China, Mexico, anywhere in the world, but here, because we were so much higher taking our jobs with them. So Trump lowered it, made it competitive, bringing all those big companies back, trying to at least. He was in the process and bringing jobs with it, making America thrive again, closing our borders, shutting down all of the drugs, bringing back our coal industry and our steel industry. Even the car industries. Remember Detroit once upon a time? They say Detroit used to be a thriving city, wonderful place to live. And now it's almost a ghost town. It is not a pretty place anymore. Anything these Democrats and globalists touch is destroyed. It's like taking a beautiful flower and putting a small amount of poison in it, killing it gradually, watching this beautiful flower start to wilt to where it finally dies. And that's what the Democrats do to everything they touch. So now we've got this administration going after the coal industry, the steel industry, and no thanks to COVID, you know, from China, closing down all of these factories. And let's not forget, two years into the Trump administration, Obama donated $2 million to the Wuhan lab. So now we're going back to the attack this administration is having on the coal and the steel industries, the oil industries, and our natural gas industries, making it go overseas again, taking away our energy independent, lying and using the excuse for this new green deal, getting it ready for their utopia while taking away our jobs, raising our minimum wage so high that it, companies have to charge more money, also contributing to our inflation. And here's another contributing factor to the food shortage. Do you remember under the pandemic, while we were going through it, there was that cyber attack on a lot of companies shutting down their factories for a couple months. Do you remember that? I remember one of them was a pretty big glass company in Mexico that provided a lot of companies with food, things that were put into jars made of glass. It put a, a delay in the production of food, like even baby food in little baby glass jars. So many different products that you see on the shelves, you don't even think about it really, that are in glass containers. 
and that delayed and caused a little trouble with our food chain, right? So when you have these big factories shutting down, it affects products like cans for dog food. As an example, I know for my dog, I've been having a hard time getting canned dog food, right? Because there's a shortage of cans. When you do your research and you find out what's going on, why is there all this shortage? It's because of that. And then you have a shortage of meat and the government, of course, blames the meat industry. However, they're neglecting to tell you all of the regulations they've implemented on them, the destruction of the ranchers that we've talked about. And then you have the poultry. There's now the bird flu coming back around attacking the birds and the chickens. The tornado that was in Kentucky a few months back, I believe it took out 30 chicken farms, creating a shortage of eggs, chicken, making those prices go up. And we've already talked in prior shows about the dairy industry. I believe we are down to only 30% of our dairy farms in America still operating and functioning, fighting our government with their regulations, doing their best to cause this inflation. I remember watching this one woman, her family has had dairy farms in California for generations and she and her farm moved to Tennessee for the less taxes and regulations and they're one of the 30% left. And if they didn't move to Tennessee, they would have had to have shut the doors. So they made a business decision and it was hard for them, of course. Just another attack on the American small business family operated that have been around for generations. And it takes me to another family operated business in New York, a guy who owns a couple different bagel shops. He was complaining that he had on back order cream cheese for like three weeks. And he hoped that he would even get it down the road. Another thing that comes from dairy farms. So this food shortage has impacted the world and it's been self-inflicted by the globalists and the hand-picked individuals that he, George Soros, has in charge of all of our countries, creating this chaos for all of us while they're living in their underground palaces. And I bet some of you are going, I want to see the proof. I've been receiving data over the years from many different sources, and this is what I have compiled myself, watching it live right in front of us, right under our noses. And if you don't buy it, God forgive me, but I don't care. It's what it is. And many of you are wondering why I haven't mentioned this or mentioned that. And I'd love to hear from you. So reach out to me and go to my email, lauramarie at talkthestreet.com. Tell me what I've missed because it's happening right in front of us. There is no denying it. And a lot of what I've shared with you is part of why we are where we are. And it's only going to get worse. Now, someone sent this to me. I haven't had a chance to verify the statistics and the numbers. However, it came from a very reliable source. It states, and I quote, so let me get this straight. It takes between 21 to 35 days for a Russian oil tanker to get to U.S. ports to be offloaded. It takes between 35 and 60 days for a tanker from the Middle East to make it the same trek. It takes about 10 hours to load the tanker and up to 24 hours to unload. If it has to wait in port to get to an unloading dock, it can take up to three days. The average tanker burns 2,625 gallons of diesel fuel per hour 
22.38 pounds of CO2 are created from burning one gallon of diesel fuel. So in one hour, a tanker ship hauling oil to a refinery in the U.S. creates 58,757.5 pounds of CO2 per hour, averaging the travel time of the tankers. That's 27.67 million tons of CO2 per trip. In comparison, your car creates between six and nine tons per year. Without going into all the equations of how many tankers come to the U.S. per year, let alone our exports, will someone please explain to me how drilling our own oil and moving it through pipelines along with importing oil from Canada via pipeline will not be more environmentally green for the world? Well, that to me is pretty darn powerful. That was a pretty good statement right there with some statistics on how ridiculous this new green deal is by this government and how they're blaming all this stuff to create a food shortage, death to many people. It's pretty apparent to me. You can call me a conspiracy theorist like I shared already. I kind of don't care. It just is what it is. The facts and the statistics, when you look at the bigger picture of things, it's self-explanatory. And trust me, I pray to God that I am wrong but I'm afraid not, and it shows every day. So be prepared, fellow patriots, because it's coming soon, and it's only going to get worse before it can get better. Get one with God. Let's go, Brandon, because you're listening to Talk on the Street with Laura Marie on Renegade Talk Radio.